His great house, the home of peace. Yeah, so good to be in church again. I'm excited. I was super excited when I saw my friend walking. Mr. Febby. He's, he's also Femi. We bear the same name. You know, he was the one who, who made me to start the work of you know, raising some guys back in Songo in 2019, there about 2019, yeah. Just called me, said, ah, I think you should start teaching these guys. Blah, blah. I said, I'm not ready. Later, I came back and said, let's start this work together. That was how we started. If you check my pages, you'd have seen Innovation Ministry, Innovation, blah, blah, blah. blah. It was the one who started it together. He's fantastic, fantastic guy. I was so happy when I saw him, so, so happy. Like, you know, God will always leave a token of hope. There's something called token of hope that the Lord leaves for us. Now, when you are at the verge of losing it, you know, there's this Yoruba, the Yoruba scripture describes it very well, that tobacco, what was the English version? What's the English version of that scripture? You've not heard of that scripture in your Bible. Ah, oh, people are too here. Nobody went to see it. Ah, so all of you are from fine, fine church. Ah, now. <laughs> so, you know, the Lord will always give you some evidence of hope, even at the tiniest time. It will just, something will just happen that will pop your heart. You know, seeing him this morning, I have some stuff, and just seeing him gave me some energy. So, you know, that joy. And he stays around here, so you guys can hijack him. He stays at Maryland. He's, he's, he will not like me talking about him. He's very humble, very humble. All right, thank you so much for coming around. Okay, last week we started on looking at um, call to ministry, and we were able to establish a foundation that we are all ministered. We are all ministers, sorry. Father, we thank you for the spirit of your word is here. We thank you, Lord Jesus, because you, you do great things amongst us here. I thank you, Lord Jesus, because the spirit of men are lifted and edified that your word finds a place in their heart. And these men will be built to maturity. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. So last week, we were able to see and we established the fact that we are all ministers, Right. I'm just going to do a, a short recap of that. So we saw that ministry is about service, and um, service is not just, you know, you can serve anybody, so, but this has to do with those who are serving men. We are serving men by the Spirit of God, you know, doing the work of God by the Spirit of God. So as individuals, and our call to ministry is salvation. So once you are saved, you have a call to ministry. Now, there's a ministry, and we saw I categorized ministry into two. What are they? Let me know, my good student. What are the two categorizations that I did? Yeah. Awesome. The ministry gifts and the ministers. So, the ministry gifts are what we have always heard about called a five-fold ministry. So, we have the ministry gifts and we have the ministers. So, all of us, we are ministers. So, as long as I have that duty of being called to salvation. So once I receive salvation, and we did the pictorial representation of that last week, that our salvation is like a car given to us. So when I give you a car, I also give you a mechanic. So the car is salvation that you are the one to drive it. 
You are the one to work it out. That's why the scripture says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Then the mechanic are the fivefold ministers. Who are the ministry gifts given to us to make sure we are well, our cars are serviced for us to run them well. So it is not the work of the fivefold ministers to technically go out and do the ministry. We come to the church. The fivefold ministers help us get equipped with what we should do. Then we go out and do the work of the ministry. So we saw that in Ephesians also that said gifts are given to us, the apostles, the pastors, and all of that, that it may help the saints to know how to do the work of the ministry. So the real work is the work of the saints. They are the ones who go out to do the work. But we, in the fivefold ministry, the pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, and um, evangelists, do the work of preparing the saints to go and do the work of the ministry. So it means every responsibility for the work of God is on you. It's on me too, right? So it's a joint effort. So it's a very wrong thought, erroneous thought to say the work of the ministry is for the pastors, the fivefold ministers. So we are all involved in the work of the ministry. Amen. So that's, I just did that to do a recap of what we had last, last week. And I want to see, I want, one of the things we'll be doing is, I want to start challenging us that every Sunday, I've been seeing that with some of the series we have done. I've seen people responding to the messages like, you know, people um, getting to say certain things like, I want to act out this message. So we're also going to practice this one. We're going to act it out. I want to start seeing people who take um, positive steps to say, oh, now I see myself as a minister. So what should a minister be doing and start doing stuff like that? So today, we want to look at, now, what is, if you are a minister, what is the barest minimum? What is the least, the barest minimum of what we expect you to now do as a minister? So even though I am not, um, you may not be in the fivefold ministry, you may, not be, you may not have been called to the pastoral office, evangelist, all of that. Now, let me quickly say, for the fivefold ministry, the ministry gift is a ministry that God sets in the church. God sets it in the church. So that's why it requires a form of special call. So if you check Corinthians, it says God sets them in the church, this gift in the church. So it's within the context of the church that we have this ministry gift, which is the fivefold ministries. So we have those who are called to pastors, um, evangelists, apostles. Um, and the five of them, as we have seen in the book of Ephesians. So, you could also be called into it. Now, the implication of this is that you have to be a minister to become a part of the ministry gift. Because you must have been saved before you can now be called into uh, any of these ministry offices. So, ministry office is actually different from ministry in itself. So, ministry office just sets you out for a special work of making sure you are preparing the ministers. Amen. So, let's go to... So, last week, I didn't conclude on some of the things I was supposed to do last week. Um, so, I was trying to... Uh, ministry gift is not spiritual gift. So, one of the errors that we have had is the fact that many believers uh, see spiritual gift as what enable people to do ministerial work. In terms of the fivefold ministry now, the ministry gift. So you believe that um, spiritual gift is what makes a pastor being able to do certain things. You believe that he has the spiritual gift that separates him from you. So there's a way we see that if somebody comes here now and minister in healing, we believe he's doing it unconsciously because 
is either a pastor or an apostle. So we believe that the spiritual gift classifies us. So he is operating in it because he's a pastor. But then that is not true. Now it's the ministry gift, just like we said, it's an office. Now you know the, the president, there's an office of the president. President Buhari is the is president of Nigeria now. Now, whatever he does is in the capacity of that office, right? But then, if Buhari should leave Abuja and he comes down to Eloma's hotel here, do you know anything he says from here is still also binding? Does he have to sit down in Asorok before anything he says is binding? So, if the president speaks from anywhere, what? really makes him, what really makes his word binding is the fact that he's passing beyond the, the office as a location. So ministry gift is like an office. It's just a location. It does not necessarily mean that every other person cannot operate in the gift that you see demonstrated by somebody in front here. Amen. Now, I want to make this very clear because we need it to actually start working in some dimensions of the miraculous as just as just ministers, not called into the ministry office. So, you don't have to be a pastor to do what a pastor does. Now, if you look at what Paul said to Timothy, he said, do the work of an evangelist. Now, it means that, I don't personally now, I've always done the work of a pastor. I am not necessarily a pastor in terms of being called to the office. This is the first time I would like officially, but I do the work of a pastor. There are times that you'll be required to do the work of an evangelist. There are times you'll be required to do the work of an apostle. So it does not necessarily mean you are now in that office. That's why you see people who prophesy. If somebody prophesies, it does not necessarily make that person a prophet. But what you see in our generation now is once somebody has a gift, he automatically calls himself into the office. So, the gift does not make you qualified for the office. Same way the, that you are not in the office does not mean you cannot demonstrate the gift. I don't know if, if I'm able to explain these things well. So, now, I am, somebody comes here now and begins to prophesy. Naturally, every one of us, the next thing we start calling the person is what? Prophet this. Now, that you operated in a gift does not necessarily make, make you a prophet and occupier of the office. Now, somebody can come here and teach very well. Somebody can come here and do some things very well. It does not necessarily mean you have now been called into the office of a pastor or a teacher. Now, my dad personally is a Bible study teacher. He does Sunday school. He's been doing it for years. But then, he knows that he's not called into the office of a pastor. Now, they've tried to make him a pastor at this church many times. And you tell them, I am not a pastor. I only have this gift of teaching. It does not necessarily make me a pastor. Amen. Do we get that? So, that you have a gift, that's what happens in the church many times that we have misfits on the pulpit. Because that somebody has a gift, spiritual gift is for everybody. Ministry office gift is not for everybody. So, spiritual gift is given. So, what now happens is that you now operating, in, you, that you are now in a ministry gift, you now begin to operate in a higher dimension of some certain gift. So, as a prophet now, who is in the prophetic office, you now expect him to operate higher in that office because he has been called into that office. So, it does not mean you also cannot operate in that particular gift. Amen. 
Amen. Is that clear? Are we able to clear that, that part? Because I need to move into certain things. Now, you see the scripture talking about, when in 1 Corinthians, we talked about all of the gifts. They now said something that desire the best gift. Have you seen that scripture? Let's go there. I think 1 Corinthians 13. Glory to Jesus. So, my, my objective for today is that after this meeting, we'll have people who do some. You go this week and you do some miraculous stuff and just come and tell us on Sunday. So, 1 Corinthians 12, rather. Um, so, from, from 29... Okay, from 28, it began to talk about the list of some of the gifts we have in the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, and all of that. Now, if you go down to 1231, it now says, or let's start from 30. It says, can everyone heal the sick? Of course not, does the gift, uh, all of that. Please go to 31B. It said, first, however, let me tell you about something else. Okay, no, but try your best to have the best. Somebody should read for us from maybe KJV, my translation here. Read from 29. Now, covet earnestly what? The yes. best gift. So the question is, what is the best gift out, out of all of these gifts you mentioned? Because he has mentioned um, apostles, prophets, healing, and all of that. So what would have been the best gift in this context? So what he's saying is, even you as a person, now if I enter into a place, you know, you come to this church now, and there's keyboard here, and there's no keyboardist. Now at that moment, the best thing we desire is what? I want to start our praise worship. Now imagine if you can now just, by the Spirit, you can say, Holy Spirit, I want to play the keyboard, enable me. And you go there and you are playing to tune. So that's what he's saying that the, the need of the moment is the best gift at that moment. So if you get into a place, so you don't say, that's why Paul was saying to Timothy, do the work. Because the work of an evangelist is what was needed at that point. So do the work of an evangelist. You don't have to be an evangelist to do the work. So if what we need, you enter into a place and somebody is sick and you are a believer and you get into the place and they say, ah, this, this person has been sick. And I wish we could call our pastor. Now, at that moment, you may not have been operated in the gift of healing. But at that moment, because you have the spirit, and that was, that's the thing that is desired at that moment, you can actually operate in it. That's the best gift you can desire and covet at that moment. And you walk in it. And we're going to see that in some of the things we'll check today. So I just said that to make you understand that spiritual gifts and ministry gifts are quite different. And spiritual gift is not exclusive to ministry gift. It's not exclusive to pastors, apostles, prophets, and all of those we have seen in the fivefold. Spiritual gift is for everybody. Spiritual gift is what we can all work in. Maybe sometime we'll, be, we'll work on spiritual gift as a whole. So begin to see, you know, there's this context to that. I can have the gift of, you know, under the spiritual gifts. Can we mention them? The spiritual gifts we have. What of wisdom? What of knowledge? Diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues. You know, we have some context that make it as though, you know, you, you can operate in some and cannot operate in some. Like, so somebody will say, me, what I have is word of knowledge. What you have is gift of, that's not true. So maybe some, one month, we're just going to look at all of this to see that you can actually operate in all of the gifts. 
Because it is one same spirit that produces all. So if the Holy Spirit is not given to me halfway, then I can walk in all of what the Holy Spirit has. It's just like when you get married to a man, and you now say the man has four cars. You now say it's only two cars you, you, that is yours as the wife. So once you get married to a man, all of what the man has is yours. So it's just that they may be, they may be, he may appoint one. You know, when you get married, your husband has four cars. There's a likelihood he will appoint one and say, this particular one, my dear, this is your home that you have full exclusive rights to. But does that mean if you now have a need, there's a party you want to go to and you know the class of your friends that are coming to that party, you now desire that one that is so, so different from the cast. And you tell your husband, I'm going out with this particular Benzie class today. Now, do you have right to it? Can you go out with it? Why can't you go out with it? That's the same thing. The same thing it operates. So, the gift of the Spirit is the Holy Spirit given to you. Now, you likely work in some more better than the other, but it does not mean you cannot also use the other. So, that he has given me a particular car does not mean I cannot also drive the other cars in the compound. But then, it's just that there's one that has been talked to me that this is for madam. Do we get the picture? Amen. So, I can work in miracles. I can do healings. Amen. I want us to say something that is so scary now. Say to yourself, I can raise the dead. You see, you don't even believe it yourself. How many of us believe it? No, no. Wait, wait, wait. This is church if you lie. Don't, say, don't lie. Uh, lie. Lie and level. How do you say Now, do you believe you can raise, like, no, let's not, no, not, not, like, do you believe you can raise the dead? Like, you can pray and the dead will raise. If you believe, raise up your hand. Don't lie. Ah, ah, more. We have serious, don't worry. Where's the closest mortuary to this place? <laughs> let's find the, or mug, or what's it called? No, no, mug, mug. <laughs> no, the one that has died for, like, three, three days was Jesus' That was what Jesus did. So let's see the one that has died for two days. We just call it the nearest hospital. Then we'll go for practical. <laughs> Should we try that? <laughs> All right. So that was to let you know that I've made two points now. See, all of these things are not in my teaching. I'm just flowing in them. I've made two points this morning now. The first is to let you see that spiritual gift is not exclusive to people who are ministry gifts. So spiritual gift is not exclusive to pastors, uh, apostles, evangelists, teachers, and all of that. That's the first thing I made you know. Then the second thing I'm making you to see now is that the whole gift of the Spirit mentioned in that first Corinthians, you can actually walk in them. Now, you may have the ones you walk in more. Like now, for me, teaching is natural, as in it comes so easy, Right? So it does not mean I cannot walk in other dimensions once I see a need for it and I covet it. Do we see that? Just the same way I painted the picture of a husband who has four cars. So that I drive a particular one does not mean I cannot what? Drive the others. It just means that I will be driving this more. People will see me more with this. You know, there's everybody who you have seen families who have multiple cars. You know there's one that when you see it, our mommy is around. So that's the same way when they see you come, they want to give you mic to come and do healing because they know that healing flows more through you. 
But now you must not now let that make you think you cannot work in the other gift because when you have a need for it, you can ask of it. Why? The person who gave you this one is also the owner of this and he has given you all. Amen. 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 Is that clear? I don't know why we went into that this morning. That's not our direction at all. But interesting. I think I love that description myself and I'm going to document it. I've never described it like that before. Never. And I'm going to document it to a book I'm working on. All right. So salvation, and you know, this salvation confers on us authority, just like I said last week. And if salvation confers on me authority, it means I'm representing somebody. So you are representing God. So let's go to the barest minimum of what is expected of you. Uh, Mark 16, Mark 16:15. We're going to do an analysis of that scripture. It seems the time is running. And Mark 16:15. I'm going to have somebody who will be reading slowly, and we're just going to be doing, yeah, Mark 16:15. He said unto them, "Please, I want us to pay." Optimum, is it correct? Optimum attention, rapt attention, anyone? Pay full attention. Amen. Now, let's go. Go ye into all the world. Now, go ye into the world. Now, this, this is speaking to his disciples. This was like the, now, do you know when somebody wants to die, when somebody wants to die, when you are giving your fear last speech, now, what are the things you say at that moment? Now, you have your children and you know you are about to give up. Will you be telling them about Ah, you see, I want you to go and buy a car. Or, ah, the lady I married, your mother. What are the things the person will be saying at that period? The most, like, the most important. So this was Jesus at the point of his giving his fear message. And he's telling the disciples, go ye into the world. Yes. So we see that what is one of the most important things at the heart of God? What is the most important thing? Evangelism evangelism is at the heartbeat of God. Now continue, sir. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Okay. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Okay. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Now wait. Now these signs will follow those people. Which, which, who are those the signs will follow? Those who what? I want our attention. Let's do this together. Those who what? Now, those who believe, they will be called what? If you want to qualify them, believe, believers. So it means that these are the things that you follow what? Believers. So, and you know, we explained last week what make them to be, what qualifies them to be called believers? Because they are now what? Saved. They have received what? The gospel. Salvation. Remember I told you last week that salvation is your what? Your call to ministry. So now, if you believe, if you are, you are not someone who is saved, just like every one of us here, now, this is now what is expected. These are the things we should be able to what? See. Now, when you say something is a sign, if, um, if I'm wearing an agbada now and I enter into a place, that shows me as what? That shows me as what? Somebody wants to say you're bad <laughs> So, you know, that's a sign that this is where what? I'm from. So, science points us to something. Now, sign in itself is not 
The sign in itself is not the, the symbol now. It's not the essence. The essence of the sign is to point us to something. It's an information is passing to us. So now when you see, when you see the sign that says stop, now what comes to your head is the picture of what, is, what you are to do. Because it communicates to you about something. So when you see cross, any, anywhere you see cross, what comes to your mind? You begin to think about Jesus, cross, resurrection, crucifixion. Why? Because that is what is, the sign is pointing you to. So the sign in itself is not the deal, but what is it pointing you to? So now, the signs that should follow you as a minister, remember I told you last week that your light is to shine and it will point who? People to see your good works and they will glorify who? Your father which is in heaven. So the signs are what you carry that will now point us back to the father. Amen. Amen. Ah, I don't know how to pour this out. So it means that as a believer, there are things that I should be doing daily, every day of my life, that will be pointing people to see this the man that I am not like a sign that should be showing people to God. And that is your ministry. Amen. Amen. So, as a sign, once people see me, it means it should be able to communicate something. Now, if you see, most of us use gadgets. Once you see this Bluetooth sign, you know, there are times you don't look for Bluetooth. You don't look for Bluetooth like if they write Bluetooth. All you just look for is that symbol. Once you see that symbol, it reminds you of what? This is Bluetooth. So, the first thing about you as a believer, now, which we have defined to mean minister, is that I must be able to point people to God. So the first thing is, I am a sign. So once people see me, there should be something that, they are, that is coming to their head each time they see me. So, you know, each time you see, do you know there are pictures you see? You start feeling, um, I don't know the language now. I want to, that, that you feel immoral, immoral, immoral thoughts fills your heart. You don't know. There are images, immediately you see the image. What starts running in your heart? Their immoral thoughts. It's a plan. It's programmed. So they want you to start seeing something from that sign. So signs are so powerful that they play in our hearts and they become what will become the lifestyle of a people. So when you just keep going, when all you see, it's just like environment. There's a way you go in the morning. If you, if you leave downward, somewhere, that side and all of that, if you go to that side, I wanted to go and minister somewhere in Ojore side. Before I go to where I would minister, I was already angry. Because what I was seeing were things that were just depressing. The road was so bad. Everything was just annoying. You know, you can't even go and preach in those places and not be angry. You see some pastors preaching. It's not them. It's just the environment. Because what you are seeing is... Now, imagine you want to go and preach. And they came to carry you in a very nice, bench, cool. Even if the anointing did not move. Coolness will move. Because, you know, your head is settled. You are seeing something different. Why do you think people who travel just come up with, they now start seeing things differently? Because they are now beginning to see something different. So, images are powerful. Signs are powerful. Once we see those, sign is meant to show you to something. But you know the mistake we also make is that we, all, we like to sit with the sign in our generation. So, when you see a man who come to come here now and say, you... I, yesterday, two men talked to you and this and this and this. 
we want to now start celebrating the sign. But the sign is supposed to point us to a symbol. It's supposed to tell you about something. The sign is not the big deal. But now, we want to make... That's what, that was what Peter... Uh, how many of them went to the Mount of Transfiguration? Peter, James, and John. That was what they wanted to do. They saw sign. They wanted to tabernacle with the sign. But the sign is pointing them to Jesus. And that was what that story of the transfiguration was telling us. He said, let us build our camp here and city. And Jesus was like, ah, you guys are not getting the gist. Even though you are seeing signs, the sign is not the big deal. These signs are just speaking about me. I'm the one you should be seeing. There's a bigger goal here. So, you as a person, you are supposed to be what? A sign. Amen. So the question will be, when people see me, what comes to their mind? When I speak in places, what comes to people's mind? So you will now begin to see that when the, when, when the scripture is talking about your light will so shine before men, it's not actually talking about you, you write a code that somebody has not written before. Let me tell you, a Muslim who is committed to his work will write the same code. There's no, what awards do you want to get that? A Muslim guy will get the same thing. So it cannot be about that. So this one is talking about a sign. You exude something. And when they see, that was how they began to be called Christians in Antioch. He said, we see this once. He said, their character looked like that man called Christ. And they called them what? Christians. They saw signs that talked about the man. That's your first ministry. To be a sign. So the question will be, what am I pointing people so when you interact with somebody for one week, they should be able to say, David, there's something. When you interact with people for a while, they should be able to know what, what you are about. You should not talk to me for two days and not know that. I'm, I'm not pointing you to something. So when people see me, what sign am I showing forth? What, 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 what am I? In fact, you know, whether you like it or not, there's a sign you, are, you, are, you have. You have a posture of a sign. So there's something that when they just see you, now, I think we were, we were coming out of the house, was it like three weeks ago? My house, I don't have anything to do with my landlord or any other person. My flat is very exclusive. So there's really no interaction, nothing. And my, my landlord's wife just approached me. said, I've been looking for you, please. I said, ah, okay, ma. What? I said, please. I said, I should give her a bio. Ah, give you a bio. All right, ma. I said, I should bring her a book. Ah. I said, write the name of my husband. Write the please. I want you to start helping me pray for him that he must not die. And Dotun was like, what makes this woman? You know, how would somebody come and approach me? I need you to be praying for my husband. See, there are signs. There are signs. And that's your first ministry. I'm not, you can never see me anywhere, write my name, pastor, or anything. Never. I don't even talk in the house. I don't talk with anybody. But there are signs. So what are you communicating in the spirit? When people see you, when the spirit, when people see you in the spirit, they can pick it. You know, spirits pick signs. He said, those guys came. In the name of Paul that you preach and this and this, and say, ah, Paul we know. Jesus we know. But you, sign will look be why. So your first ministry is you must become a stature in the spirit that is a sign that you are giving forth. You see, we must not be shy of this gospel. What one of my mentors taught me, Pastor Femi, is like, he said, Femi, always make it that you are attacking first. When you get to a new place, don't be, don't be touche that you are trying to, I don't want them to, once I get there, I make the sign bold. 
I am a man in Christ. So they even know the kind of things they can bring to me. Because it's a first attack. You will not first come and start telling me how far now. Start. No, no, don't introduce. I will introduce myself to you first. So there's a sign. So that's your first ministry. That does not mean you are. In fact, that's not even where we are going. That's not where we are going at all. Let's, let's continue. My time is. Yeah. Now, these are some of the elements of the signs that you are supposed to now start exuding. Some of the signs. Let's go, sir. In my name. In my name. Now, in my name. You see, in my name does not mean you will say in the name of Jesus. You can say that, right? But in my name does not mean um, you will get to place. You say, ah, in the name of Jesus. This is a, no, he's saying standing as me. That's the meaning of in my name. So if Wari will tell you to go and represent him in Lokoja, when you get there, you are there in the name of who? Buari. But when you get there, will you now say, in the name of Buari? No, when you get there, when you stand, they will address you as who? So in my name, it means in your field of operation, standing as me. In your office, standing as me. These are the things you now begin to do. Number one. Now, this is four. There are four signs we are going to look at here. Shall they what? So, the first thing you are supposed to do. Now, remember this is not talking to who? Pastors. It's been addressed to who? Who are those he said they are talking to? Believers. So, he said the first thing you do is what? Cast out demons. That's number one. You can sit down, sir. Let's, let's dwell on that. Now, so, how many of us have casted out devils before here? Yeah? You have casted out devils before. I remember when, when I was in school, I think I'll share this with some of us. And, you know, we do a lot of outreach and all of that. So, went for this outreach. I was still very, like, following guys then. And they brought this person. The person was, you know, this, when somebody is manifesting a, a demonic spirit, just doing all the, ah, ah, and all of that. They brought the, maybe it was a lady or a guy, I can't remember. So, they brought her. And when I, was, I, was an, I think I was an executive, I can't remember. So, they said, we should come and pray. We should come and pray. I just stood outside. I was like, ah. I stood outside. So some of my junior guys were like, ah, but Femi, you are not good. I said, some of us need to be interceding for them. They are praying for them. It's a lie. I was afraid. So I just used that one to cover up. I just, some of us need to be interceding. Do you understand? So you, you guys can go. We will be praying. Because the story may have heard is when you are praying for it, the thing can jump out of the person and it will die you. Ah, I was like, oh, let me not pass my boundary. Amen. But now, this is saying, this is not an exclusive of a prophet. It says, as a believer, which we in this church, we have been able to explain to be a minister, the barest minimum is that, number one, you'd be able to what? Cast out demons. Devils, demons. Now, you know, devils or demons have only one purpose. Now, devils or demons, you know, in, in Bible interpretations, there are also similes, uh, all these um, figure of speech in writing the Bible. You know, like Jesus, we say, I am the bread of life. And some of those guys say, should we start eating you? Now, it's not saying, I am bread that you come and eat. That's, which figure of speech? We are literature students. Metaphor. So, there are times that, you know, you use figure of speech. Now, these devils does not only reside in the field of maybe somebody's just manifesting and that. Now, devil's act is actually anything that is against the will of God. Thoughts that are against the will of God. So you see a Peter saying to Jesus that 
you will not go. When the will of God is that, he will come and die and go. And Peter is saying, no, you will not die. What did Jesus say to him? Get thee behind me, Satan. So, Jesus is actually responding to the thought that is against the will of God. So, actually, some of us have casted out devils, but we don't know it is because we are not seeing and all of those stuff. So, you know, there are times that you, have, you can cast away a devil just by words. Amen. So, you know, devils, demons, and all of this, it's not just like there was a lady who the parents were taken to, I don't want to mention the name of the church, but we all know the church who specialized in that area. They wanted to cast demons out of her and all of that. So the mother was like, they would take her to that church. I met the lady while I was in my master's in UI. So she came close to me. She attended one of my teachings, so she started asking me questions. And I told her, do you know, they said it's a spirit of stubbornness. She was really stubborn and all of that. I mean, I told her, I said, okay, since you have been going there now, are you still stubborn? It's like, the parents, I just say, see, now, do you know what the scripture says about the word? He said, the fruit of the spirit is gentleness, love, and all of this. So me, I told her, I said, see, give me time. When I begin to feed you with the word, and you understand the place of, you have the fruit of the spirit in you. With time, if I'm showing you who you are, you now begin to exude the spirit that is inside of you. Now, we began to do that journey. Today, she runs stuff. Runs, she was even one of those who runs ministry with us at some point. So, with time, the spirit of stubbornness just disappeared. Why? By the word. There was no time I say, ah. No, it was just, we were just engaging in the word. And she began to see who she is in Christ. That I am in Christ. I have gentleness. I have forbearance. I have long suffering. I have all of that. So the more she was seeing that, that spirit of stubbornness just, just gave way. So you will cast out demons, both the laying on of hands, and you can also cast out demons actually in the place of anything that stands in the way of God. So naturally, there are times you should have even casted out demons, but you were just quiet about it. So there are times people will bring some suggestion to you, but you just will believe just the same way Jesus had to shout at Peter. Some of us should have shouted at certain things. They said they wanted to play this, like that, what went viral. Wanted to play a kind of music in your, one of our friends had his wedding, Joe. And we were there that day. I think I saw some of guys. He had his wedding. And they were going to play, they played a very nasty song that I can't dance to. And I am the one coordinating all the, all the what do we call them, groomsmen. I am the grooms, head of the groomsmen. And you now start playing a song that they were just, you know, immediately they play the song. What comes to the mind of people is to start touching each other, male and female, be doing stuff. And I just told them, Do you have Nathaniel Bassi? The guy was like, What do you mean? Do you have Tokwa Labi at the worst? Like, we can't dance here. It is, if I join in dancing that I have, I've associated myself with devils. Amen. So there are places you should have said no, but because you want to sound posh. Because you want to, you don't want to offend. Jesus was not afraid of offending Peter, who has been his closest partner. Because you are standing in the will of the will of God for me. Get thee behind me. So there are times you need to part away with things that are very close and personal to you. Get thee behind me. These are the barest minimum for you. So the ideas, the orientations that are not in tandem with the will of God for you. 
So when you are able to stand your ground, you are casting out those devils because it means that the will of God will now prevail. And when the will of God prevails, devil has been casted out or cast out. Amen. Amen. So these are things, my time is up. They, they, they want to send me out of here. I think we'll, we'll continue next week. But I'll just wrap it up here with some of the points we have been able to do. One thing you must go with today is that this week will be a sign. So you have to start being deliberate that when they see me, ah, this is a fair. I can see something. They must see something beyond. When you, when you are driving and you see color green, what are you seeing? You are seeing color green, right? But what are you seeing? So who tells you is go? The sign tells you is what? Go. So when people see me, what am I telling people? He said, we shall be a sign. And these things don't happen by mistake. It's not by it just happened. It happens by deliberate effort. Enough of tush life of Christianity. You see, there are things people will come to you for because they can't even see any sign. I have friends that when some kind of guys ask them out, they will come and tell me, ah, Femi, I need to repent. How will this kind of guy ask me out? Like, because you know that there are things, it means that that person is seeing something that he's not supposed to see. Do you understand? So, what is the sign you are exuding? You know these things come in all very little stuff from the words we see. Their language, their slangs, you can never find me saying. If you see it around me, if I know you are not somebody I can cast out as a demon, I'll just look at you all kind. There are some, you know, and we, we are beginning to bring some of these things inside the church just so that we also flow along so that we can accommodate them in. How do you bring it? See, what you bring the people with is what you keep them with. So if you bring people with the things of the outside, you have to be eating from the outside to feed them inside. And that's not the way of the local church. would rather stay with the truth and raise men in the truth than look for another means to bring men in. What signs are you exuding? When men come inside here and they listen to us, they must come here and see Jesus. If I teach anything here that does not point you to Jesus, you should be able to call my attention to say, see, you are beginning to deviate from what you are meant for. It's a sign. It's a sign. So what sign is coming forth from you? Can we be on our feet? What sign is coming forth from you? And this thing, I think, sincerely, you know why I'm so excited about this money? All this thing is not in my notes. So, we are going to do, dwell more now how to be a sign. It will be one of the, maybe the last Sunday. How to be a sign. Ah, I, I have seen this work for me. I'm telling you. I was serving in Plateau State in 2013. So there's this missionary. He's supposed to be part of the missionaries. The guy came to me. He said, let's be praying together. I just, I just didn't feel, you know, oh, personally, if somebody comes to me that let's pray, it's like you have given me my, my food. Like, let's pray, let's pray. But I wasn't eager to pray with the guy. He said, I was just like, what was going on? Later, he got to a point. I just knew there was something not correct about the guy. And he's, he's supposed to be a missionary. After a point, one woman who is our neighbor just came to me. She said, since you came, he said, that uncle, he said, there's something about it. He said, in the middle of the night, they feel somebody coming to choke them. 
He said, since I came, that's not been happening. Because I said I will be going soon. He was like, ah, if you go, that since you have came, we don't experience that choking again at night. I said, oh, really? The next day, this guy came to me in the night. Physically, not dream. He said, you, Femi, you, you, want yourself. I would, we never had any fight. We never had anything. He confronted me. And I was like, what's going on? So did that woman now started telling me some things that he has done before and all of that. I was like, oh, I didn't even know. I was just going about my normal, normal life. Two days after or three days after, the guy came to meet me. He said, Brother Femi, I'm so sorry. You are a man of God. I didn't do anything sincerely. Now, it means he had gone to try some stuff and came back to see that, Oga, you cannot deal with this. See, there are signs you exude. There are signs you exclude. I have friends who are of the occultic world in university. He came to me, approached me. He said, Femi, you are powerful. He said, both academically and the spirit. He said, ah, your friend is so... He went to tell Joseph. He didn't tell me directly. He went to tell my friend that that your friend is powerful. Sincerely, I don't know what exactly... You know, it's not as though I'm doing anything like, ah, we'll fight. No. But there are things that you just do that the signs will just follow you. You think Peter was actually saying, come on, come on, touch my shadow. Touch my shadow. He didn't. He was just going about his what? His life. He was just going. And the first person whose shadow touched it discovered that it, it was like it was when I touched the shadow that this healing happened. Everybody started lining up. He, that the thing was coming forth. He was just exuding the signs. So what's coming forth from you, friends? And the first thing we have looked at today is how to cast out demons. And I told you, devil's demons here are the things that are standing in the way of the will of God. They are already born doing me out of here. All right. We'll continue next week. And the Lord help us. Amen. His great house. The home of peace.